This is Just a Few Questions. I'm Mark Sims. My guest is Ben Jarofsky. Ben Jarofsky is the host of the Ben Jarofsky Show. How are you, Ben Jarofsky? That's pretty good. How many times can you say Ben Jarofsky? Well, you get, well that's uh, the whole that's, point, man, you know. Yeah, and also, long-time columnist for the Chicago Reader. Cannot forget my beloved Chicago Reader. You, you know what? That's a subject. I'm, next time I'm bringing you back, I'm going to bring you, I should do a show on that because you've been, has it been 40 years? Has it been 38 years? Well, I mean, I've been uh, freelancing. I started freelancing uh, 38 years ago for the reader, and then they hired me in 1990. So you do the math. You, uh, you, you're better at math than I. You went to Fanger High School, so you know math better than I do, but uh, I think it's 38 years. Wow, Jesus! And they haven't they haven't uh, put you out to a pasture yet, have they? Uh, not yet. <laughs> but they will, <laughs> as we speak. It hasn't happened yet, Mark. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the let's talk about uh, the United States of America, Ben Jarofsky. I hear you on your on the podcast, Ben Jarofsky Show, and you sound at times very concerned about the great. United States of America. Are you concerned about our democracy uh, going into disarray? Yeah, I I, uh, I feel this is a showdown election in many ways. Uh, Donald Trump runs the Republican Party, and uh, Donald Trump uh, attempted to uh, overturn the 2020 presidential election. It's obvious to everybody. Just I would have more respect for people if they said, yes, we recognize we, he tried to do it and we support him because for the following reasons, uh, I suppose, I, I don't know if respect's the right word, but at least they would be honest. Uh, but so many of the Republicans, they see it and they pretend it doesn't exist. Uh, and he is unrelenting. He, uh, he's moving further and further uh, toward the position of what? Setting up a system election system where only Republicans can win. That's what it's all intended to do. And a large part of it is overturning the vote uh, in swing states where black people live. So, and I always point this out in Wisconsin, uh, that would mean Milwaukee in Michigan, that would mean Detroit in uh, Pennsylvania, that would mean Philly and Pittsburgh and so on and so forth. He's made it clear. This is what is Arizona, same thing. You just go to any swing state, uh, Georgia, Atlanta, go to any swing state, look where the black people live, and that's where MAGA is trying to throw out the votes. That's what they did in 2020, and I presume that's what they're going to try to do in 2024. So uh, I do see this as a, a very uh, a ominous moment for democracy in America. I've never seen anything like it. I've lived through a whole bunch of presidential elections, mayoral elections. And there's a lot of grumbling when it's all over, but by and large, the uh, the loser concedes. In this case, the loser did not concede. He stipulated that the election was stolen and that we have to change the laws uh, to uh, guarantee that uh, such a theft never happens again, even though it didn't happen in the first place. And then we have things like Ginny Thomas, the wife of a sitting Supreme Court justice, petitioning uh, legislators in Arizona. I just saw this story. She's the, the wife of the Supreme Court justice. These matters may become to him. 
I, she's petitioning to overturn the election and asking them to substitute electors. So, yeah, I do think this is a very ominous, scary moment for American democracy. Nixon didn't even try anything like this. I thought he was the absolute worst, but he didn't try anything. Richard Daly didn't try anything like this in Chicago. Well, of course, he, he never came close to losing, so he never had to. But I, I, I've never seen anything like this, Mark. So, yeah, uh, I, I do find it concerning, to put it mildly. Uh, ben Jarofsky, you said the key word is losing. When uh, a people, a, and I'm serious when I say a people, a group of people, or whatever, if they feel they, um, they, they, they never really lost or they don't like losing or they're not supposed to lose because we're part of the dominant class. We're not supposed to be behind or lose. And they see the demographic changes in this country and they say, you know what? With these demographic changes, we could fall further behind. We could lose for the rest of our lives. And maybe our children continue to lose in this country, this multiracial, multi this and multi that country. And we're not going to have it. We'd rather burn the whole damn thing down versus share um, this great country with all these different people and different lifestyles and different ways of life. Don't you see that's Don't you see that's a part of the big problem, Mr. Dromsky? Oh, yeah. We have so many guests come on the show to say exactly that just in case I ever forget it. So we'll shout out to Monroe Anderson, who pretty much says that every Wednesday when he comes on the show. But yeah, uh, I, there's just, again, I'll repeat it. Uh, the move in Wisconsin, the move in Pennsylvania, the move in Georgia, the move in Arizona was to throw out the votes of black people. And that ties directly to what you're, you're getting at. This fear, this paranoia, uh, that we white people are no longer going to be a majority in this country. And then that falls into the white replacement theory, uh, which is advocated by many, many prominent members of MAGA, including Tucker Carlson. Somehow or other, this is all part of a diabolical plot by Democrats to pre replace, quote-unquote, us with, quote-unquote, them. Uh, so, yeah, this is out there. And uh, Democrats nominated Joe Biden Precisely, Mark, because they wanted a middle-of-the-road, non-ideological centrist who could appeal to all people, regardless of their background. And if you recall, Joe Biden, remember back in the White House, I just mentioned this the other day in the show, because the role Joe Biden played in Barack Obama's White House, when Professor Gates got into a spat with that uh, white police officer in Cambridge, Massachusetts, I don't know if you remember that, but uh, he was arrested on trying to enter his home. Uh, and uh, it was a to-do. Barack Obama weighed in on behalf of uh, Professor Gates. And then there was a backlash. So to settle things over, Barack Obama had a beer summit. Remember this? Oh, the yeah. police officer, mm -hmm. the professor. And they brought Joe Biden in. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like they had, that was the role he played. It was like, okay, he'll be the white guy. You know what I'm saying, Mark? And so... That's exactly why Dems nominated him. They didn't want someone I really support, like Bernie Sanders, an ideologue from the left, or Elizabeth Warren. They wanted a centrist who could sort of appease the concerns of like, the larger non-democratic country, part of the country, that, don't worry, we're looking out for you too. And the Republicans are positioning him, the centrist, 
as a dangerous leftist radical. They've lost their freaking minds, Mark. Well, There's no logic to anything they say. You can't have any kind of principled debate with them. You can't reach a consensus with them. It's, it's like they don't stand for anything other than winning and destroying the other side. So it's pretty frightening, I'd have to say. I've never seen, definitely never seen anything like it in Illinois politics, uh, a Republican Party this extreme, and really never national politics. And and the thing about it, though, is that I remember how when I first started voting, well, I don't know what year it was. I was 18, evidently. Right. I know I voted for Jimmy Carter over Ronald Reagan. So y'all do the math on that. Right. And and the thing okay. about it is that even back then, I didn't know a lot of stuff. I, I was dumb as a stone. So I say that because most of the country was born after whatever, 1990, 1980. So most of the country don't even remember, uh, I mean, voting voting age people don't remember Richard Nixon, blah, 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 blah. In this country, we don't have a real sense of history of anything. And the and the media does not do a good job of this. I have to go to alternative media, some podcast. You know me, I don't like reading, so I'm not going to read the New York Times to get an in-depth, if you will, so or even a cursory history lesson. So you can understand what's going on in this country. It's, I mean, I, I agree with you. It is very dangerous. But I think most Americans don't understand how dangerous it is because either they don't have a sense of history or they're just too young. They just ain't been around long enough to understand this is dangerous, people. Yeah, or uh, it, you're absolutely correct. Or uh, there's another position where um, they're so alienated for the system they have such a low regard for both parties and for politicians in general that they don't see a difference. So they don't care. They don't believe in democracy in the first place. And so what, they don't really care that whatever semblance we have to democracy is being destroyed. And I, and I find that prevalent among uh, people that I talk to as well. So you all tie it together. Uh, it's like I, I call it nihilism. Uh, you know, it's it's grandiose apathy to the point where it, none of it matters. Where people have this attitude that none of it matters. Uh, the voting turnout. What was the in the last election in Chicago? Like thirty five percent. That was that was a municipal that was a municipal election. You know that was you know municipal, municipal elections are usually like that low. You know how that is. I, first of all, it was the, I'm, ta- I'm alluding to the turnout for the midterm. Oh, okay. Uh, all right. Primary, primary. The primary. Uh, it's a primary. I don't write off the primaries, really, you know. I, I, I don't write off uh, the um, municipal elections as insignificant. Mayor City Chicago. I mean, I, I know you, you, know you, you don't, but you of, don't, but most people don't get, they don't even watch the freaking news. You know that, Ben. Well, so that's, that I think that's part of the, the overall problem. And I could dissect where Democrats have gone wrong. Uh, I've been following it kind of obsessively, and it's a total tangent here, uh, what's going to happen in Jackson, Mississippi, uh, with the, uh, the crisis post after the flooding where there's uh, no flowing water. I'm, I just can't believe Here we are in the 21st century United States, the capital, state capital of Mississippi, doesn't have flowing operating water system. And uh, so it's in many ways, the situation parallels uh, what's happening here in Chicago. 
I mean, we have a flowing water system. I mean, think about it. Chicago's water system didn't work. Mark, we're literally next to the lake. But the point is, it's just like there's parts of of the city of Chicago that are just cut off and isolated, completely alienated uh, from the larger thriving economy. Well, you got you got, you got a little Dick, you got a little Dix, uh, uh, what's it, Dixmore out south in the south suburbs. Dixmore is always having trouble because these are small black towns that don't have an economic base or industrial base to pay for the infrastructure, so the infrastructure just falls apart. It's, it's yeah, capitalism. It's capitalism. It's racism. It's class. I'm saying, and I'm saying in public schools and in, in the TV news or even whatever people get their news on the music stations, whatever. They just they give maybe some headlines. They don't give no end. I mean, some even some little cursory background on how this works, because if you don't get the money from the feds, federal government, you don't get the money from the state government. What do you have? It's just like the, what's the thing we have? We had the uh, student student uh, loan crisis. OK, you're talking to a family, me and the wife and I, we pay for our children's education. That's what we chose to do. We said we're going to keep our little raggedy house on the far south side of Chicago. And because it's paid for and it's raggedy, but we're going to put the kids through school. That was our choice. And we, but why, but my, when my children were growing up, uh, uh, college doubled. The price doubled. I didn't know it, but it doubled. And why does college go up? Because because of state, I mean, because of state funding and government funding. They don't want to fund the uh, uh, cost of college, whatever. So the parents going to have to pay. The students going to have to pay. You got to take out loans to get, get a decent education. But people don't want to have this full discussion. Why? Do you have to take out loans? Why does infrastructure fall apart in Jackson or Dixmore, uh, 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 Illinois? We don't have these discussions where people really understand why it is because of racism, capitalism, and classism. Yeah, no, I, that's a great riff you just went on. You should be on my show. Uh, that is a great riff. And uh, I, I can't argue with absolutely anything you say. The student loan situation is a whole other story. Spend about a half hour talking about that. And the bottom line is this: uh, America doesn't invest in its people. And uh, I've written about this in the local level many times and talked about it. But when uh, the way that the way issues are presented in our country, if we make an investment uh, of dollars in a community like Englewood uh, or Roseland, uh, it's considered a handout. If we give uh, a tax break to a, a, a handout to a, a developer to develop uh, an upscale neighborhood, it's uh, considered an investment. And that, that just distinction is in people's brains. Uh, and it goes back to your first election, Reagan, in many ways, where it's just been a revolt against the government, a revolt against helping people uh, who are below uh, middle class. Uh, and even now it's affecting the middle class and it's just this intolerance. It's considered a waste, a waste of money, a handout. Uh, whereas giving money to rich people is considered an investment. So we've kind of been brainwashed and gaslit. It's a frightening moment. Uh, and then, you know, when you combine that with the movement by uh, Donald Trump to set up a system where he can never lose, even when he loses, I mean, <laughs> if you're not scared, I got to wonder about you. You know what I mean? I just. 
Well, so in, 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 in the sense that, you know, I mean, money doesn't solve all problems. And we do, ha- you know, and everyone understands the Matthew effect. He who hath more will be given more. And I'm not a theologian. Look up, I think, of Matthew 7, 7 or something, right, <laughs> in the Bible. But the Matthew effect, so he who, who's going to be a good steward of the money, you're going to give that person more. You're going to give the rich person or people who already have money more money because you think they're going to multiply the money and do more good with it. And if you give poor people money, it's just going to just go down the drain. But these things are complicated. It's like they have crime in Chicago. Y'all, the kitties are coming downtown on the north side. They robbing people. They robbing the tourists. They scaring the white folks down the north side. But they don't understand. These kids went through the, a public school, and they they we have a very bad social safety net. So if they come out of school and they can't read and write, and there's no really good jobs out here if you can't read and write, and what are you going to do? You're going to commit crime. You're going to bust somebody in the head on the other side of town. And people don't get the correlation. Yeah. By the way, just to go back to Jackson, just to, to prove, underscore your point, in Jackson, uh, they uh, don't have enough money uh, to invest, apparently, in the people of Jackson to make their life livable by fixing their water system, but they did invest in the rich people of Mississippi by giving them a tax break. The governor, Tate Reeves, signed a tax break the year before, uh, last year he signed it. And so that just proves your point. And so that's where we're at right now. And, and it, by the way, I have to smile. At, I, I say this to you every time we have a conversation about crime. And we, this is a topic we talk about a lot. But there's crime in Chicago. I moved here in 81. Mark, I can't remember a moment when there wasn't crime. I, this is a very violent city. And I, I, it's, it's just odd that all of a sudden we're talking about it in political terms and like it's part of a backlash no it's Back, a, it's a backlash because people they don't because the younger people who remember you've been in chicago for a long time a lot of people only been here 20 years or whatever and so the point is that or 10 years or five years without a historical context uh or uh, or you know economic context how do you discuss anything I don't care what the situation is. I always tell people, I like saying to Ben Drosky, before we have a discussion, let's bring in, bring in a historian, then an economics professor, and then after their dissertations, we can have a discussion. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> because on your show, on your show, you pride yourself because yeah. you're, you're older than most of your, your guests. So you pride yourself that as the old man, I've seen a few things, right? <laughs> That's kind of where I come from. Uh, even when I talk to you, I'm older than you. Uh, well, uh, uh, sorry, uh, sir. Yeah. You, you, not, I, 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 this year, I joined you in, uh, in the 60s. I'm one of the 60-year-olds now, so I'm not that far behind oh, no. you. Yes, oh, I'm right. joining you in the 60s. So I'm not that far behind you, and I'm gaining up on you. So, but no, I, you're not gaining. It's impossible. Well, I know what you're saying. But the point is yeah, that I, but, but I understand because I'm considered an old man to most people, and I'm, I'm considered a person from a bygone era. Yeah. Well, I, I feel that, okay, now we're on this point. And, and, and I do believe it's important uh, to have context. So, I, for instance, I just had a, a young man on my show, uh, Manny Ramos, who's an excellent reporter for the Sun-Times. And he's done a series of stories about uh, 20-year-olds and teens who come to Chicago to do drag racing. And apparently every weekend there's a gathering 
and it's frightening to folks who are trying to sleep, and that's dangerous, and it requires police to intervene. We're already stretched thing with police, as you know, uh, and so there's a big to-do about it. And the way the story is presented to the public, it's just like this apocalypse. It's like this, uh, this scary movie about the end of law and order as we know it. And I was telling him, I wrote a similar story, a similar story back in the 80s about drag racing and how uh, 20-year-olds and late teens would gather at places on the north side, northwest side. Police would come, they would scatter, and they would recon regather other places. And I was like, this is not the first time young people have drag raced in the city of Chicago. So I just like, I, I always feel like an older voice, maybe let you know we've been here before. Let's not allow ourselves to be caught up in this very particular moment. You know, let's try to figure out a, like a solution that maybe a different approach, whatever that is going to be, but nope. <laughs> It just seems like we're always trying to, when it comes to crime, do the same thing. And uh, it's, it's always like the same scare tactics being employed. I know, Ben. Uh, let, but, let's, let's do this. First, let me thank you for being my guest on just a few questions, Ben Jarofsky. But in okay. the podcast, I'll have you in the podcast with some solutions a little hope because see we've seen this this these tunes before we've been here and done this as a, as a human race as a chicago uh, residence what can we do differently so we won't have the same issues you know five ten twenty years from now well in terms of drag racing in particular if you want to know i mean i'm mean, I really i really my thing is trying to make sure the kid who who does not have wonderful parents with resources can be raised by, you know, after school programs, whatever, so they can, so they won't act a fool as a teenager or 20 year old. I okay. mean, that's what I'm saying. So, time out. You are never going to stop teenagers and 20 year olds from acting like fools. Just realize that, people. That's something like an old man can tell you. They all act like fools. The people who lead Chicago right now, many of them, they acted like fools when they were young. That's part of the process of growing older and maturing. So to pretend as though you didn't act like fools or your generation didn't act like fools is just so misleading. All right, that's number one. Number two, the obvious point is, is uh, there ha just go back to student loans. You have all these kids interested, or you, you see this passionate interest in cars. Let's train the next generation of mechanics, auto designers. You know, people, I mean, we have an obsession with automobile in this country. That's pretty obvious. I mean, Mayor Lori Lightfoot wants to bring NASCAR to Chicago. Let's do a serious investment. You, you've, there are youngsters, 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds, 20-year-olds, 21-year-olds, who are interested in automobile and technology. Train them. Put them to work right now. And uh, to me, it's so obvious. I mean, it was, we should have been doing that in the eighties. So if it's just using that one example, you know, it's, uh, you go, you get a skill as an auto mechanic, Mark Simmons, that's something that you could take with you for a long, long time. You know that. And, uh, so why we don't have easily accessible training for anybody who wants it at no cost 
I, I, I don't understand. I, I just don't understand. <laughs>